welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Souter, and he is with Further Still Ministries. And this show, Solid Steps Radio, is a show we began almost 10 years ago. It's hard to believe. And we wanted to do a show for men by men, talking about things from a man's perspective. Guys are really good at talking about sports, weather, and politics, and that's okay. But when we start bringing out the heavier artillery of life and how to live life, uh, sometimes we're a little bit lax in those areas and not that we have all the answers, but we just wanted to be a resource and a tool in, in the toolbox of saying, okay, guys, let's talk about the things of life that really matter. We believe here on this show that you're not fulfilling your true destiny as a man or woman for that matter. If you're not walking with the person of Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, he's the King of Kings. And we believe that here. And we believe that that is reaching all aspects of our life, him being the Lord of our life. That being said, today's topic is a topic that is really almost falls under the category of taboo, I think, or, or just, it, it just gives reactions when people start talking about this topic. But I want to give you a different slant as is the taping of this show. This is our first show in almost a month taping wise. We've been off a couple weeks and I was on vacation and I told the guys before the show started, I said, I was on vacation for a week and I was so detached from the world. If a bomb dropped outside of where I was, I would have had no idea. I did not get on social media for seven days. I did not get on the news cycles for seven days. I did not know what was going on. You had freedom. And I was, it was a great week (laughs) of mental health. And today's topic is what does mental health look like? Good mental health. What does bad mental health? Because we all have mental health, whether you want to talk about it or not. And we want to talk about, well, you know, what does the church say about all this? So we brought in our dear, dear friend, Dr. Matthew Sleeth. Brother, it is great to have you back. It's great to be here once again. <laughs> it's uh, it, Chad and I always enjoy our time together with you. And uh, so catch, uh, you, uh, we, we haven't had you on for a little while. So catch us up just real quickly. Matthew Sleeth, what, what have you been up to? Goodness. Uh, I just got back from Africa a little while ago. Uh, was visiting my family that's there. I've got a son and uh, a daughter-in-law and three grandchildren that live in Kenya. He runs the PEDS department at Tenwick's Hospital. And I got to teach a bunch of missionaries for a few days, uh, teach a group of cardiac surgeons, teach a group of Kenyan residents and it was, and I went on pediatrics rounds where they, they sang a hymn and they prayed first. And I got to tell you, that's the first time I've been on rounds with a prayer and a song <laughs> and it's pretty good. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And you did something very special with your granddaughter. Absolutely. Uh, she, uh, was baptized in the Indian ocean. I got to baptize her and, um, just, uh, you know, because uh, I've shared on this show uh, earlier on other shows that I didn't become a Christian until late in life. And to see now the third generation um, being grafted into that tree of life is just insanely wonderful thing. And uh, the, the other piece of news is my daughter and her husband uh, live in Lexington. He's a pastor, and they got a foster child about a year ago. And that is a beautiful thing. It, it it certainly is. Uh, um, just just to see God's hand on this little fellow to rescue him from a very very difficult beginning, 
Um, and just the joy of having one more person to love in the family, I can't describe. Well, and not, and not just to be loved, but then to be showed, uh, you know, shown the model of Jesus and point to Jesus and uh, a mom and dad who are modeling the way and a grandma and grandpa and uh, the rest of the family modeling the way. He hit the spiritual jackpot when he got my wife as a, as a Nana. And I just got to show this Asbury revival. If you, if you haven't heard of it, you were living under a rock somewhere. Uh, he was down there and he ran up to the altar and said, daddy, we got to pray. And, um, he came back and told, uh, his, his grandmother that they gave him a lifesaver and, and we thought, absolutely, <laughs> we're giving a lifesaver there. So Precious. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for coming. And uh, so let's just don't jump right into our topic here, mental health. Describe to our listeners from a medical doctor's perspective and, you know, just as a uh, kingdom worker that God has been using really all over the world. God has used you in incredible ways and beautiful ways. Uh, Describe mental health. Well, I think um, we we have to use the analogy of physical health. And when we have good physical health, we're able to go about our activities really without thought um, about our bodies. And, um, you know, it's, it's the same as with physical health. You don't miss it until you don't have it. You know, it's one of those things we take for granted. Um, you, you wake up one morning and something doesn't work and all of a sudden it's got your complete attention. And when we have good mental health, we're resilient. Um, we're able to meet the challenges that are thrown at us. And, um, and, and here's where I'm just going to bring it in. I don't think we can separate mental health from spiritual health. And I think the one um, is, is tied to the other. Uh, but nonetheless, um, uh, good mental health means that we we kind of go through the day uh, being able to be loved and to love others um, and, and not having our thought processes in, interfere with that. And from your perspective, the church, we don't really talk about this a lot. We don't. And uh, I, th- I think there's a you know, a stigma that's built up around it. And if you, if you just take the uh, case of what, what if you or I had a new uh, case of cancer or somebody we knew or loved did, uh, we would go to church, and if the church is small enough, there'd be prayer from the front. We'd, uh, we'd probably do prayer uh, groups. Uh, we'd bring meals by for that person or the family uh, in a good church, somebody's going to give you some money too because cancer is never covered by the insurance that you have. And, you know, none of those responses are wrong, even though there isn't a single case of cancer in the scripture. Uh, on the other hand, if somebody's family member developed a new um, depression or bipolar disease, something like that, uh, in general, we keep that very quiet in church. It's not going to be announced that that person's needing prayer, uh, that type of thing. And so there's a taboo built up around it. And then the the end result that's the worst would be suicide. Um, and we're just seeing so much of that now, particularly in younger people, which I find very, very distressing. Um, and and pastors are reluctant to preach about this. And I understand in a way, um, nobody wants to talk about things that they're not real familiar with. Um, And uh, the other thing is that I think we sort of took it for granted in the past 
um, that things like taking your own life were wrong. It's like if you looked on my uh, my bookshelf, the medical books I have left, you know, on that shelf, um, none of them uh, don't say uh, or say don't spit on the OR floor. You just knew that was wrong. <laughs> and in the church, we've known uh, that taking your own life or mutilating yourself uh, was wrong. Uh, but we can no longer take it for granted that that that's just a given anymore. Uh, society's changing very fast, and we've now got to articulate what the Bible says about mental health and the the worst outcome, which is uh, taking one's own life. Yeah, and we, we want to talk. We're going to unpack that a little bit in a later segment. But talk to our listeners about um, some signs that maybe I might me personally um, as you're listening to this like I, I, I think I'm okay but I'm but maybe there's some little note little notes kind of that are being signals that that we could even personally identify if we're struggling with mental health sure I'm going to take probably the most common one which is depression and uh, when people begin to experience depression, one of the first things that happens is those activities that one would normally find fun and invigorating and life-giving, uh, we begin to not get fun out of. We begin to avoid people. If um, uh, We begin to <clears throat> isolate. Uh, there can be disturbances in sleep, either sleeping a whole lot or having trouble sleeping. Early morning waking is a particular sine qua non, if you will, of uh, depression. And... Um, and people often find themselves arguing when they weren't before. You mad equals sad is one of the things in, mm-hmm. in mental health. Um, so if you find yourself a lot of times having arguments and that sort of thing, I think there's a lot of uh, marriages that begin to experience trouble because one or both of the partners is experiencing depression. Well, we're going to take a break and come back and... You probably heard something that first segment that stirred something in you or about yourself or someone else. We're going to unpack that and figure out mental health in the next three segments. So we're going to take a break (laughs) and be back shortly on Solid Steps. Hadley Sign Solutions. Owner Chris Hadley has 35 years' experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. He can help promote your business in Kentucky and southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at HadleySignSolutions at gmail.com. That's HadleySignSolutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So in our first segment, we introduced the idea of mental health and how that is a reality, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, we all have mental health. So Matthew, you talked about conflict, and I want to unpack that, but before we do, talk a little bit about even just prevention of, you know, instead of sliding more and more downhill of poor, poor mental health, how do we prevent that? this? Well, I, I think that just like with physical health, if I'm going to stay in good physical health, I've got to 
eat right, which means I got to put the right foods in my body, not put too much of them in there. I've got to get some regular exercise. I've got to, uh, you know, go and check in with a doctor, that sort of thing. And so uh, good physical health, particularly at my age, just doesn't happen out of nowhere. <laughs> You've got to take care of yourself. It's all about maintenance once you get to be my age. <laughs> and uh, uh, mental health, I think, is the same thing. We, uh, in Scripture, Jesus says, uh, you know, that we've got to be looking on the right thing. If our eyes are dark, oh, how dark our soul is going to be, he says. And so I think that one of the things you do to prevent um, bad mental health is that you're selective about what you look on. It's good to know the news. It's bad to spend hours and hours a day watching the news cycle. I think we want to look on those things that are in uh, Philippians uh, 4.8, all those things that are good and lovely and that we would be happy to be um, sitting there on the couch with our Lord and Savior right beside us uh, watching, reading, discussing, listening to, uh, that sort of thing. And when I, um, this is just personal, okay? When I became a Christian 21 years ago, uh, I gave up watching television. And, and I'm not saying to those of you that are listening to me right now that you've got to do it, but I found myself depressed and, and just wasting time, too, and flipping from one channel to another when the ads came on. I forgot which channel I was on. There goes, you know, many hours of, of your life. And so I'm pretty selective about what I put into my head. I don't do social media um, because of that. I'm not saying all social media is wrong. I'm not saying all television is, is wrong. Uh, but if you find yourself walking away from that, not feeling um, refreshed, renewed, etc. When I sit down with scripture and study it, I never walk away feeling depressed or sad, to tell you the truth. And so... So much of mental health, I think, is what you put into your mind. What are you seeing, hearing, talking about? And um, we live in a world where we have to look more consciously uh, uh, at what is coming at us. And particularly for young folks, I think that's uh, really important. And you know I'm a huge proponent of Sabbath, at least one day out of the week, um, get rid of the screens, uh, screenless Sundays. I'm really big on, and um, focus on those things that uh, the Lord knows would make us healthy. And um, I'm just going to go into just one other area, if that's okay. Yes. And, and that's um, in order for me to be healthy mentally, I also have to be in a healthy relationship with my wife. And I'm I'm thinking a lot of our listeners here are married, are in relationships. And, um, and so I need to spend time growing that relationship and valuing it and treasuring it um, and, and making sure I'm going through life with somebody who's on the same page as me. Uh, and I just think that there's hardly any marriage counselors, if you will, that you would go to and say, hey, we're having trouble in our marriage. And the, one of their first questions would be, tell me about your Sabbath. And yet, Society and Western society, we've grown up for 2,000 years observing the Sabbath, and it's only been in my generation that that has stopped, and I think we're seeing a profound effect of it, uh, to at least have one day out of seven where we're not, um, we're not being human be- doings, we're being human beings. So give our listeners just a couple handful of things 
that they can do on a Sabbath that would bring refreshment? Because there are some listeners right now who are going, well, what, am I, what am I supposed to do all day? Just sit on a couch? Sit, you know, just, just sit there all day? Am I supposed to just read all day? I mean, that sounds boring. Um, give our listeners a few creative ideas. Absolutely. I think if you have little kids, little kids treasure little routines. And uh, the bunch of families I know with little kids, they have some special food on that day, whether it's a uh, pancake made in your initial or, you know, <laughs> s- sticky buns or Krispy creams, whatever it is on that day, there's something special. And, you know, that's in a way that's historically uh, accurate because um, in, in Jewish culture, they'd always give the kids a spoonful of honey on that day to remind them how sweet it was to be able to spend a day with the Lord. So there's little routines, maybe even uh, a toy that's just reserved for that day. Um, I think it's important to say why we're going to church. Um, that, that, that's a day for connection and fellowship. Uh, it's a day for corporate prayer. And, you know, if you think about every other day of the week, uh, the money is coming towards us and we're trying to earn it. Everything flips away around. You know, that's the day we're giving it away. We're trying to build a, a kingdom. Uh, and I don't think you have to sit on the couch. I think probably most of America needs to get up and go for a run or a bike ride or a jog or a walk or something like that and en- enjoy the fact that God's given us a body and we're on a beautiful earth. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, also that what's very special in that those days, at, at least for my family, is eating together. Uh, and most folks who are um, 60, 70, 80, you ask, you know, what did you do when you were a little kid on Sunday? And what they'll really remember is those big family meals, um, not at a restaurant. but And it can be peanut butter and jelly sitting around the same table together. But just focused on family and God, I think, is, uh, is a great thing. And, of course, um, this is just guys on the show. Chase the little kids out of the room here, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I, when I'm talking and preaching about this and teaching in, in a church, I'll, I'll say, now how many of you when you were a little kid used to be told to take a nap on Sunday? And a whole bunch of people raise their hand. And then I'll say, now some of you remember getting up early and the bedroom door was locked of your parents' bedroom. They were not committing adultery in there. <laughs> and so I think, um, you know, people laugh about that because almost everybody has that memory. And yet the Lord knew that a husband and wife need some time where it's not all about work. It's not all about getting. It's not all about being busy. It's about reconnecting as husband and wife. And part of the joy of that is, you know, I just... I, I love when my wife's just laying on my shoulder. You know, it's back where, you know, Adam had Eve pulled out. She's back where, you know, she belongs. You know, just those quiet times of being together, I think, are real special. Mm, we got to play together and have fun and enjoy. Uh, that's, that's really good. I, 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 I would probably argue that the vast majority of folks who are struggling with mental health, if they would begin to practice that what you just described they're going to move towards greater greater health what are you going to say chad matthew question i have is i think so many people have a problem with one day of rest because they're living a ridiculous pace the other six days they're trying to slam the brakes on 100 miles per hour and try to rest for one day and they can't quite how important is it to have a daily rhythm of some form of Sabbath? It's a thing called sleep, one of them is. But talk about the daily 
Sabbath, what that could look like. Well, I think when you have a a Sabbath day, and by the way, I think it should be on Sunday for for most folks. That's appropriate. Uh, For me, uh, preaching all the time, I have to move it to another day. Um, uh, But uh, I I think that that's a culmination of a week where we're thinking about that and moving uh, towards it, or it's the beginning of the week, either way you want to think of it. Um, But it isn't the only day. It's it's the... uh, you know, when the, the Lord did that at the end, he'd created all these things. I think it's a time to really uh, go back and look at what's happened in the week before and praise the Lord for where he's answered prayers, where you've seen him at work, and direct yourself to, towards the upcoming week of, hey, we got to pray together as a couple that this happens in the next week. Um, and And so I think when you're just constantly busy, you don't realize when the Lord has answered prayers, when he's worked in your life, the blessings that you get, you begin to concentrate on what you don't have and what you're trying to get rather than what the Lord has given you and what you should be thankful for. Mm, That is rich, brother. That's rich. Well, we're going to take a break and come back and we're going to take in the next couple segments, what happens if somebody's gone past maintenance, past kind of a a good mental health and what if they've really gone down a darker road? What can we do to help them? So we're going to take a break be back shortly on Solid Step 3. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, overall dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in Iroquois Park area, and then the other in eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. So the last couple segments we've been talking with Matthew Sleep. And by the way, if you're just hearing this and uh, you want to hear other episodes, Matthew's been on a couple other times on our show. We'd love having him. Episode 179 and episode 330. Go back and listen to those. You'll hear about Sabbath, a whole episode on that. His book, 24-6, highly recommend it. And he also talks about uh, trees and faith. And you're like, what do those two have things to do with? A lot. Go read that uh, the book. Defo- is it deforesting faith? <laughs> reforesting. 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 reforesting faith. <laughs> <laughs> There's the chainsaw. <laughs> Chad, you're taking it down. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, so Matthew, we talked about depression a little bit and mental health, and you you made a statement about. Um, conflict is kind of a signal many times that there's some mental health issues going on. Describe that. Yeah, I, I, I recall, I'll just use an individual specific, I recall a man being brought in from the workplace and he was having arguments with people at work. And when his wife came in, we found out that they'd been having arguments for the last year. He was clinically depressed. And that mad equals sad is what was happening there. When we have good mental health, we can roll with the punches. We can, um, uh, you know, the, the, the trials that life gives us. And we realize tomorrow is another day. You get to, you know, start things over again. When Often when people are experiencing bad mental health, 
those small conflicts become very great in your your mind, and they recur again and again. So uh, a lot of conflict. Um, if ever you have that thought of, I would be better off if I weren't alive, or um, the world would be better off if I wasn't here, that's an absolute red flag. That That is the time to get help uh, from outside, absolutely. Um, and it's not something to ignore. Um, it, the same thing is if you're ever thinking about violence. Um, I, I think that's that's a red flag in, in its time. Or you're trying to cover those feelings up with drugs, alcohol, unsafe activities, um, sexual activities, that type of thing. Those are all red flags that you're you're going off the rails, and it's time to get help. And you, you can do a lot of things to help yourself, but I think this is really the time to call on others, uh, call on a professional, talk to somebody in, in uh, a ministry professional, that sort of thing, a mental health professional, and, uh, and, and run by them what's going on. What if I see a friend, and I, I don't think that friend sees themselves clearly, but I, what, first of all, what are some maybe signs that I might see and, and then what, what would you recommend that I would do to that person who is, I think, struggling mentally? Right. Mental well, health? I think for men, what you often see is they're drinking too heavily. <laughs> um, they begin to use, you know, drugs um, or using them more and more, that type of thing. Um, and <clears throat> that there's problems at work, problems in marriage, problems with children, those type of things. And you're right. We don't, if that, if we're experiencing that ourselves, we don't necessarily have the perspective that we need. That's why I think you need to be in people's lives talking about real things before this happens. And, and I think it's just utterly important to invest in friendships. And a, as you said, not just talking about sports and politics and and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, that, um, that Wesleyan question, how goes it with your soul? And that we need to be asking. And we need to be, uh, one thing we do at our table, we have a dinner at our house every Friday night. We've had it for about 15 years, and there's just been thousands of people through our house. And we always end that with, tell us about the high of the week and the low of the week and what sh- we should be praying for. And when somebody can't come up with a high of the week, <laughs> you know, that's a bad sign. <laughs> um, and, and that yeah. means we need to uh, not only be praying, but when it gets to the point where there's just conflict in all, a lot of areas of life, that's the time uh, to seek professional help, whether that's a professional counselor from church or elsewhere. Talk, talk to our listeners about um, how, you know, in your book, um, preventing suicide. Um, the title just, that's okay. It's called hope, hope always, hope always, hope always. Yeah. Um, talk to our listeners about going down that, that, that road, that slippery slope of our thinking, because no, nobody wakes up in the morning and one, and, and just one day it's, I'm ready to take my life. Talk to our listeners. Yeah, about they that. generally don't. Um, <clears throat> it, it's generally a process, um, and uh, the the I'm gonna I'm gonna do a caveat here. Uh, with young people, it can often be as little as an hour 
between when the thought comes and when they act on it. And I think that's why with uh, young people, we've got to say something. If that ever comes up in your mind, that's the time to call mom and dad or some trusted person. Do not let that slide at all. Uh, Young people can be very impulsive. (laughs) And so it can be a very short period of time uh, sometimes. Um, And uh, I think everyone should have in, in their phone just 988. That's the number you call now. It's the National Suicide Hotline. Uh, uh, because if you're, you're thinking for harming yourself or somebody else, it's, it's really the time to reach out immediately and, and get some help. When, when someone is that desperate um, and you are their friend, what else can we do? I think um, we, we've got to say we, we tend to avoid people when they're getting depressed. We tend to back away, and that's the time to go into the pain, <laughs> you know, as it were. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable there, but that, that's, we are our brothers and sisters' keeper. And, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, when God comes in and asks uh, uh, Cain, who's just killed Abel, where's your brother? And he says, am I my brother's keeper? He's saying, I'm not. Um, we are, as, as Christian brothers and sisters, we are obliged to look after each other. Jesus said they would know who his disciples were by how much we loved each other. It's great to love people who are not in the church, but we got to start actually by loving each other. And that means walking through some hard times with people where it's not necessarily easy to be around them. Um, and I think probably there's an area of education for people who are struggling with mental illness, um, at least when they're better, to thank those people who have walked them through. Because it can be really hard for families if, if somebody's struggling with mental illness. Families can just go through really, really hard times and do it alone. And we really almost need respite care um, you know, for families sometimes if they've had that. Talk to us about um, the, the use of medicine. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trained in traditional allopathic medicine. I got an MD behind my name. I I think medicines can be absolutely wonderful. I don't think they're the be all, end all panacea, um, and yet they can be very very helpful. And I would say that um, God heals cancer through both prayer and chemotherapy and radiation and surgery, and we don't have any questions about that. And he can heal and treat mental illness both through therapy, through prayer, and through medicines. And, um, and, and so one thing I would say is if somebody is on medicine and that medicine is working, do not stop without the okay from the doctor that prescribed it. Even though you've prayed up and you feel like everything is great, have a, a logical pr- plan about stopping medicines if you're going to, but never just st- stop them impulsively. Um, and and so I I think uh, I I told you a joke uh, earlier at lunch. You know I'm I'm for whatever works. I'm an ER doctor. You know we uh, and allopathic medicine is that way. I mean if it, if it's a, a uh, toxin from uh, botulism, we use that to treat people. If it's a, it's a poison from a flower, we use that digitalis to treat the heart. Um, uh, we use extract of coal, which is aspirin. And, and in other words, whatever works is great. But ultimately, um, I think that we have to look at ourselves as a combination of mind, body, and soul, and that the modern medical approach is just to work on the body 
and maybe the mind, what we have going for us as Christians is to be able to work on the soul as well. Just really quickly, why do you think we struggle taking medicine to help with depression or mental health in the church? You know, I can't do that really quickly, and I know we got to take a break. So let's here. take so a break. Let's, let's pick that up let's, in the next uh, session. Okay. Let's give them about an hour to think about that. We'll come back in the next segment. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Session. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentuckyana area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care, if you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com that's louisville podcast studios if you want to do a professional sounding podcast or video cast you want to look and sound great louisville podcast studios is your contact go to podloo.com that's p-o-d-l-o-u.com so the last segment kurt asked the question that he wanted a 10 second answer on we don't we need about 10 years but go ahead so why does the church struggle with taking meds for those who are struggling with mental health? I think there's a couple of reasons. One, I think medicines are relatively new in treating uh, um, mental health problems. Uh, we're, we're only looking at a century, really, at the most uh, of that. Um, I think it's also this uh, feeling that uh, if if we believe that everything is going to be great and peachy in life, and in fact, Jesus said, is if you believe, you're going to have troubles here. There's going to be hard times. Um, and so I, I think that we need to be realistic that just because we're Christians, just because we're followers of Christ does not mean that we do not live in the world and that we're not going to experience illness and ultimately death. Um, we... Uh, <clears throat> uh, and, and so I think that that's part of it. I think that people um, sometimes think that just if you're prayed up and, and, and things are fine, you don't have sin, um, that you shouldn't be experiencing any mental health problems. And yet we see even the Lord was sorrowful unto death. Um, Jesus is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Um, we look at scripture, we see Psalm 88, that's where Simon and Garfunkel got the hello darkness, my old friend, literally from that Psalm. And so just being a Christian is not going to take you away from the human condition, which is mental problems sometimes and physical problems. I think one of the greatest preachers that's ever lived was Charles Spurgeon, and Spurgeon struggled with depression throughout his life. Uh, I, I, the only person I've ever seen in in person that became a saint is Mother Teresa, and she struggled uh, with depression. Just because we're Christian doesn't mean that we're immune to the human condition. Now, someday you and I are going to get new minds, uh, new bodies, uh, and Jesus is going to be in our forehead, which is, by the way, seat of judgment, temporal lobes, Bible 
nailed that one. Um, <laughs> and and things things are going to be different. I don't think we're going to be in heaven with mental or physical uh, health problems. Um, but we got a ways to go before we get there. Yeah, Paul says sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Yeah, and so we have to learn to live with pain and suffering and sorrow, and yet we can do that with joy. And even with tears sometimes. Matthew, talk to us, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Bible, what does it say about suicide? And, you know, some some folks, you know, embrace, you know, suicide, the unfor- unforgivable sin. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing is that the medical model of suicide will address chemical imbalances in the body and the brain and that type of thing. Scripture as far as I know, and I've read the Ramayana, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, you know, some other sacred texts through the whole things. And as far as I know, the Holy Bible is the only place that tells us where suicide comes from. Adam and Eve are in paradise. And in that setting, they're told not to do one thing. And if they do, quote, they will surely die in that day. And this was the Lord doing the teaching. We have to, you know, just assume that they knew exactly what the consequences of that uh, could be, and yet they, thinking they were going to get something better, um, gave up paradise, and and they had help. Satan was there, and he was egging them on and pushing them. And if you skip through the Bible real quickly, um, when Satan shows up, he's trying to get somebody to take their life. That's what he's trying to do with Job. That's what one of the ploys that he has with Jesus. Jesus, jump! You'll be better off off the off the. Um, tower, and he enters into Judas, and Judas uh, betrays the Lord and and um, commits suicide. So I view this as a spiritual struggle as well. And the Bible says that suicide is wrong. Um, it says that uh, our bodies are a temple of the Lord. Whoever destroys that temple, um, God would destroy them. Now, having said that, I'm going to go to your next question. Is suicide the unforgivable sin? Um, if we, we gonna, and I'm going to go to it here real quick, uh-oh, page turning very rapidly, um, Romans, uh, if we just go to the end of Romans chapter 8, Paul says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and, and so Christ's work on the cross makes up for any sin that you and I have, including taking our own life. But we got to be in Christ Jesus in order for that to work. It does not work if somebody has rejected the Lord. Yeah. You mentioned while we were eating lunch today that half of all suicide notes say what? They say, I can no longer deal with the demons. And that's different in different studies, but it's always a great percentage of suicide notes say, I can't deal with the demons. And to mention demons in, you know, secular medical world is to brand yourself as, you know, crazy. Um, and and uh, that's not a word I, I like using at all, but that would be applied to us. And yet that's what people are self-reporting who are taking their own lives is that they are tormented by demons. It's very interesting. Suicide is completely a human activity. There's no animal on the planet that says, I want to kill myself. It's a human phenomenon. And, and we look when Jesus meets that man uh, at the Gerasenes, 
who has a legion of demons, and he throws them out into a herd of pigs. Those pigs immediately go and do the one thing animals will never do, which is to kill themselves. And so, like it or not, I think we have a soul. I think there's a spiritual element to this, and um, I, don't, I think we ignore it at our peril. Yeah. Therefore, the Bible says, put on the full armor of God that when the day of evil comes. That we can stand. Yeah, absolutely. And the only offensive uh, weapon in that Ephesians list of the armor that we have, the uh, breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, is the sword. That's the only offensive uh, weapon there. And that sword stands for Scripture. And I think we got to store up Scripture in our hearts. Amen. Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving, refreshing the soul. Yeah. And yeah, I just real quickly, um, when I became a Christian, uh, things were really bad in my life. My marriage was on the rocks and I, I wanted to leave. And my friend said, oh, gee, leave your wife. And I read the Bible. And for the first time, I remember coming up across it and Jesus said, you can't do this. <laughs> you can't do it. That's all I want to do. But I didn't do it. And fast forward 21 years later, I got a new wife. She's the same woman, same name, but she is the hottest babe in Christian, okay? And, and even if we don't understand or agree, I think we got to go with what Scripture says here. And, and in my experience, it doesn't just turn out okay. I got the hottest wife in Christian, okay? So, um, and so I would say that for people that are struggling with mental illness and think they want to give up, the Bible says persist, lean on the Lord here. Um, and uh, that's what I would really urge people to do. What if someone you see in your life who you love, you're seeing mental illness, and they're not seeing it in themselves? What is the best thing you can do for them? I think, you know, you gently say, I'm not seeing the same you I used to know. You used to enjoy golfing with me. You won't go out now. You used to enjoy going to a restaurant. You won't do that. Um, and, and to gently point those things out. And sometimes, as Scripture says, go with another person. Make sure you love that person. Uh, do this with, a, with love in your heart, not with condemnation. That's good. Thank you so much. Would you pray us out, please? I would be honored to. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for everyone who's listening to this and who will listen to it. And uh, thank you for those men here in the room and uh, just thank you for Christ coming and being a man of sorrows, being acquainted with the grief um, that we experience. And um, I just um, uh, pray your blessing on everyone listening to this, that they would experience your health, your peace, uh, that passes all understanding, your perfect shalom. And um, into that, I just say amen in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you. So we covered a lot about mental health, and at the end of the day, your mind is part of your body, mind, and soul. Jesus said, love the Lord God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your mind is part of that. So how healthy is your body? Well, how healthy is your mind? So uh, look in Jesus' direction. He's the only one who can really heal you where you need to be healed. Thank you for listening to Solid Step Three. Yeah.